0: I learned it from several friends along the way too. Like I would look at what they do. And it was one of the first times, you know, when I was in my twenties where I'd look and I'd go, Oh, well, my friend, you know, Randy does that because it's fulfilling to him. He's not doing it so he can go look at what I'm doing. Mm. Like if, if you, I think sometimes if you're looking for things that are 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 supposed to be megaphones of who you are in a less than super in a more Mm. than superficial way it's less gratifying and so what i think you have to do is you really have to be true to what what really speaks to you
1: hey it's margot tanto here welcome to windowsill chats a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious i am so glad you're here i've spent decades working with artists and being one myself Everyone, welcome back to Windowsill Chats. I am so glad to have you here listening along. I'm taking you along on a fun visit. This is actually the first time I think I've taken it on the road. I've had people in person at my house, but today I take you to my friend Tom Conway's farm. He lives here on Vashon Island, which is in Washington State. It's where I also live. It's a sweet spot moored in the middle of Puget Sound. And as Tom says, it's home to the quirky, the kind, and the unabashedly laid back. A stunning ferry ride from West Seattle or Tacoma, Vashon Island, is just inconvenient enough to deter the impatient and cultivate the eccentric. Tom obviously is a writer as well as many other things. He lives in an 1818 farmhouse on a few acres where he pens a blog called Tall Clover Farm. You can find that at tallcloverfarm.com where Tom shares projects, island life, farm duties, and the joy of growing fruit, flowers, and good food. He embraces the beauty of the bulldog, succumbs to the power of pie, he worships the peach, he contends summer is never long enough, and he has never met a hammock he didn't like. Tom's home and property are his canvas, where he paints with words and photography to share putting in a good day and keeping life neighborly. Tom and I had a great conversation in a little sunny breakfast nook off of his kitchen, and it just sort of sets the stage for a wonderful conversation between two good friends. You can hear his chair creaking and my hands rustling papers and the dog bark and the phone ring and, and just real life, very true to Tom Conway type of thing. So I hope you enjoy. Tom's going to be a guest on Windowsill Workshops. August 27th. That's a Saturday. So look out for that if you're interested. And it's really cool because we talk a lot about his house. And if you visit the blog, you can see it in the about section, and I'll have that in the show notes too. Enough about that. Here is a conversation between two wonderful friends. Hello, Tom Conway. Thanks for having me in your kitchen.
0: Hey, Margot Tantau.
1: <laughs> I am, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. We've been talking about this for a long time. Just a little uh, windowsill chats trivia. Tom's house is where all the windowsill chats pictures were taken. (laughs) I know. So again, I'm just really happy to be here because you're one of my favorite people on the planet. And I love your creativity and how it just, it's everywhere. And it's just so you, I just think you're unapologetically you. And I love that.
0: Well, and if I, if I may, um, uh, if I may interject really quick for anybody listening, Margot is the most generous. She, compl- her compliments are uh-huh. very earnest and genuine, but very generous because she is unflapp- she's unflappable that we're sitting <laughs> on a table crammed with papers and my stuff. I should and take I sit- a picture. <laughs> it's no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's uh it's one of those things where, um, I said, you know, my my house is some mess. And she goes, Oh, that's what that's what makes it so great. I go, Oh, good.
1: I really, I mean, you know what? We I feel like, especially with social media and everything, it's we feel like we should be a certain way. And I get so tired of that. And I think the older we get, I don't know. Hopefully we lose some of the the reasoning around (laughs) needing to do that. But like when I walked up to Tom's house today, the honeysuckle is bursting out the roses are gorgeous it's just and he he was saying oh my gosh it's it's so kind of overgrown and to me it just looks awesome
0: so anyway yeah
1: enough of the you know
0: thank you miss glass full <laughs> most appreciated
1: <laughs> so i was i don't know if i was first introduced so tom was on bashon we both live on this um, magical island but to me i would see tom walking his um fabulous bulldog across the street and people go, Oh, there's Tom. You need to meet Tom. You need to meet Tom. And, and I agreed. And finally, finally we did meet and, you know, just sort of love at first sight. One of those things, but you, I just want to tell people a little bit about how you got here, how you created this life that you have, where it's not like, Oh, I don't have to work or anything like that. You work hard for what you have, but you've also, you don't, I don't feel like you compromise really what mm-hmm. you want to do, no, which I love. You.
0: That's a really lovely compliment. And one I, I appreciate cause I feel like, I feel like, you know, I've, I've a good life here. Yeah. You know? I'm not flying off to, you know, Italy every week, but I, you know, but what I, what I'm doing is able to sustain me in this place and this with people I love. So it's great.
1: Yeah. I just, to me, that's perfect. I'm going to start with your blog. Cause I think sure. it's something that would really People would find super interesting. So it's called
0: Um tallcloverfarm.com. A lot of people think it says something like Tall Lover Farm, but they miss <laughs> that C. It's like, no, there's nothing, nothing dirty going on here. It's, it's the, oh
1: my God. So you, the, you don't make me burst into song. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: So it's a tallcloverfarm.com. And um yeah, I started it in 2008. It was funny because I was working at my little corporate job and uh uh my boss uh uh He would say, you need to write a blog, you know, um, he, he goes to help because at that time I was still, um, I was commuting from on Island over to Bellevue, which is, a uh, the up and coming sort of, you know, high tech area of Seattle and, uh, and he said, "You need to do that for us poor suckers over here in the city." And I said, oh, "Okay." And I and he he finally you know uh, uh, hounded me, enough to I said, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it." And so I started the blog about 2008. I think it was March because the first entry was about how cold my was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a big, beautiful Victorian, but it it can be cold. So. So, what was your premise? Oh, see, even the phone sounds cool. Oh my gosh, that's I'm last person online with
0: the, <laughs> with with a landline.
1: <laughs> but it, it just sort of fits. So, what's your premise? Has it changed the blog, and and kind of what's it about? Oh, sure.
0: Um, when I started out, it was just sort of like uh, I lived in Seattle. I love Seattle. I lived in pretty much I swear every single neighborhood of Seattle because there's so many very specific and dynamic neighborhoods and 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 as I you know I moved here in the 80s so uh it's it's interesting you sort of, it's sort of like a little river a little flow of activity and friendship and you find yourself over in uh the Seward Park neighborhood and then you find yourself over in Green Lake and then you I had a house uh, shared a house in Ballard and all these these great great little neighborhoods um and so when I decided I at one point I wanted to live uh, uh over on one of the islands either Bainbridge or vashon and uh i had met my friend uh kurt Timmermeister, who uh this is actually a neighbor of mine now but he wrote that book growing a farmer he's he's uh, quite a little notable with all his activities and his dairy and his uh you know farm to table dinner i'm gonna write that down so i don't sure. forget
1: to put it on the show
0: notes so you so you yes. met first met kurt sorry yeah i met kurt and um i had mutual friends here and i would come over at, um you know uh to the, to their usually like the most perfect days it was sort of like like a bad hollywood script where you know the skies would open up on the ferry right over and you hear angels sing and birds (laughs) would land on your hands and it was like no matter what i did you know like um you know if you (laughs) if you stepped in dog do there'd be diamonds and i mean it was just like there was no Where where am i this magical place so um uh, so yeah, so I got to know a few people over here and I said, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to move over, here, I'm going to move over here. And, uh, and then as Seattle grew and gentrified and my beautiful little neighborhood in Green Lake, uh, just went nuts. And so the house next to me went from being a little fifties style, uh, rambler to a three story, you know, skinny house that mm. pretty much blocked, is totally shaded. My house It was so close to it. And mm. um, in fact, when, when the, uh, uh, the gentleman who owned it, a sweet guy, kind of a codger, yeah. and uh, and I said, you know, Roger, why are you gonna, why are you selling your house? He goes, well, I I, I got a girlfriend. I said, why? I said, <laughs> keep the house and have the girlfriend, you know. Yeah. And he said, why He goes, why are you so worried about me selling the house? I said, well, number one, I like you as my neighbor, but number two, I don't want some, you know, they're gonna tear it down. He goes, and these are like sort of the immortal words of the time. He looked at me, and generationally, the difference. He yeah. goes why would anyone tear down a perfectly good house (laughs) oh you naive man and (laughs) so within a week of it being sold it was torn down oh gosh Um, yeah so that was the impetus for me to to move faster and to move over here and so I look you know I started looking for um I wanted my my criteria was I was looking for a house that you know I love old houses and I wanted an old house if I could um and I thought is I want to find something that I never look back, you know, I never mm. look back and go, I should have stayed in Green Lake or I should mm. have stayed in Seattle. Or
1: I wish I bought this instead. I,
0: exactly. I wanted to be, mm. you know, ape, ape can you say shit? Yes, you can. (laughs) Ain't shit crazy over, you know, what I was doing. And, 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 you know, like it could have been a drippy leaky roof and I wouldn't have cared, you know, that it had a real personality to it or, or it fed my uh, soul in a way that, um, you know, I just beamed when I was in or around it. So,
1: and you definitely got that. I feel like your house, I mean, your house is, I don't want to sound weird, but mm-hmm. your, your house is a personality in itself. It really,
0: it, it it's really got
1: a is. life to it in itself. And that's why, you know, to make, I mean, I can see some people coming in and makes making sweeping changes, but you haven't. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. I mean, obviously the things that you need to do to keep it, keep it up, mm-hmm. but you've, you've left its story intact mm-hmm. and just highlighted it like raised some ceilings and done things like that but i'm looking through to the kitchen to the cabinets to a little slice of some old wallpaper that was there and yeah oh my gosh i just feel like this house welcomes you as much as you do.
0: I, re- I really agree. It's funny. And the people who lived here before me, the Bruce Luddons were just such lovely, lovely people. They raised two kids here. Um, they were the quintessential sort of sixties bohemians. They even spent uh, like the first five years of their marriage in Italy, where he taught music and she taught, a t- she taught English. <sighs> they took us, you know, it's like, it is like a book. Like they yeah. took us, I think they took a, Uh, a a cargo a freighter that's how they got passage to italy um and then they they came back here when the kids were more of uh, school age uh to raise them here and so yeah and so and we it is one of those things where i think the house is sort of uh the the personalities of the people who've lived here they've been imbued in Mm -hmm. the house itself in a very weird way like my green lake house i loved but it had some weirdo juju in there, man. I don't know what it was. But people would come in, and they would go like, "Oh, your house is so pretty," but and I go, "Yeah, but it feels a little weird, doesn't it?" I'd go, "Yeah, something weird about it." You know, it's huh. like there was a vibe that was just like, I, you know, I think somebody just sitting in the corner, chain smoking for fifty years was still there in the house. <laughs> yeah. You know? But this one uh, feels like a. Hug. But this one has great, you know. They, she said, they you know they they were busy in theater and music, and they had cast parties here. The people before that, the, it's known as the Peach Palace, which was. The Doily brothers were this sort of grateful dead group on Vashon. You you can't walk. When I for when I first bought the house, you I couldn't dig in any direction a foot to two without finding stubby beer bottles. <laughs> it was like, I don't think anybody Stories. slept here. They just drank the whole time. You know?
1: <laughs> well, and you you Tom's a historian and a master gardener and an amazing pie maker, all of which we'll touch on, but you the history, you know, about this house, both Uh, because you tried and because it came to you is pretty cool too. So when was this house, when was your house built?
0: So the, the, the first part of the house was built, uh, as a single, as a single home, uh, 1888. Wow. And so, um, and, and the Island really wasn't settled until about 1873. So it's pretty early. It's really amazing to think they cleared this land because the trees are huge. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so that, and then the second part of the house was 1892. I was never sure. And then when I had to take down a couple walls to replaster and rewire and do some plumbing, uh, all the newspapers on the wow. walls were um, the Baptist Missionary Gazette or something. And they were like um, from 1892. Oh so gosh. they built that. And they oh. made it a more of a utilitarian structure, like the upstairs, there are sleeping porches. And I have a, a for sale pamphlet. Uh, in the 1917s, and they were talked about there's uh, uh, upstairs uh, sleeping porches for seasonal workers. Wow. Because so, they
1: had a, f- a working farm. They had there, a working right?
0: farm. Yeah, they were. They had, uh, um, it was probably about, I think, 60 acres when it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. And it was really mixed with uh, livestock. They even grew wheat here, which is unusual wow. nowadays for yeah. uh, this area. And uh, they also had a big, berries were really a big, successful crop. In fact, they said they're most successful crop was were logan berries huh. yeah but um and but um uh what's funny is me i'm going to tell you it was tell you this story about that sort of the power of the blog like i think it's funny how you you start with um what the the point of the blog was and i wasn't quite sure what the point of the blog was and i thought well, you know at first you're sort of doing that stupid thing everybody is like i'm gonna monetize this puppy you know and right. i was like okay I roll a big eye roll here and and it sort of started out that way but then i realized it if that's not who really who i am on this thing i just wanted to it to pay for itself because you have to pay for servers and different software apps and things to you know prevent spam so you have to pay on you, you have to spend money to have it yeah and so i put some advertising and on and so it was self-sustaining in that that regard but then what happened mm-hmm. is you sort of get this lovely community of people you mm-hmm. know just like you do with the windowsill chats yeah. where you've never met but you feel like you really know them and they're yeah. sort of kindred spirits or they're there or they want to learn something from you and you want to learn something from them yes. and so that was a great part of it and there was one uh i got i got a comment from someone once saying like oh i have uh I have a photo book of your house. And I'm thinking like, so a lot of times you get, so you get a lot of people sort of, you know, yanking your chain and, and you just sort of have to wade through it. So I, you know, I'm all, I'll try to be as polite as I can. I don't want to just, I don't want to distrust anyone, but you're still a little skeptical. And so I wrote back and I said, how did you, how do you have a book, a photo album of my house? And he said, oh, he's a collector of, uh, of uh, World War One memorabilia wow. and he bought a full uniform of one of the Danner boys and they owned the house. And I, oh, so I knew gosh. exactly he was absolutely right on. I, and I was like so excited. I said, Oh, my God, I got to see it. I got to see. There's a bit of a recluse, you know, yeah. he's, he's very apprehensive. His wife is ill. He didn't want to get Covid. But in the meantime, he was kind enough to uh, find somebody to scan some of the pictures out of the photo album and see the house in in the teens and the oh 20s. Gosh. And you know, there's a Christmas tree set up right where I set it up. You uh, know, I was like getting all weepy about the thing. There were some and the wonderful pictures of people on the porch where I sit on the porch. Like there was a real continuity of spirit that uh made the you know it just sort of reinforced what a special place it was.
1: And that that's what I mean about I don't know the overall feeling of this place. It's just like it kind of gives back. And mm-hmm. to be able to see those pictures and have your cup of coffee in the morning and imagine those kids with the big hair bows or whatever yes. it was in yeah. the in the teens.
0: And they used to roller skate on the porch. I, one of the women who I met who lived here, they moved here in the 20s after the Danners. Uh, they were the Callaways, And she's talking about how they would they would, it's a corner, a half wrap porch, and they would take their roller skates and one girl would go full speed and the other would go full speed and <laughs> they'd crash into each other at the corner where they wouldn't see each other on purpose. And they go, man, you guys are, were, you, were, you know, roller derby material.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. And, and some of you listening might be thinking this elegant, <laughs> um, totally dialed in, mm. um, Oh, to be able to have a house like this, I'd have to, you know, have made my fortune. And it's not really like
0: that. No, I've been working on it for 18 years. Yeah. And because it's just me, it's like I can just work on it at my own pace. And when I get enough money, I mean, I'm not swimming in cash. So it's one of those things like, you know, like from the probably like the rest of you you' We're working stiffs and I'm trying to, you know, improve it in a, in a thoughtful way. Uh, and and being able to afford it yeah. at, at the same time. In fact, um, to to just to uh, punctuate what Margo said, um, there was a woman visiting me from Texas and she was staying, I have a little Airbnb here, and uh, she was in one of the little outbuildings. Out, out and um, she was so funny when I, she didn't have a car. So I picked her up at the coffee stand and we're driving up and she goes, Oh, she goes, Look at that place. And I said, Yeah, and I'm waiting for like a nice <laughs> compliment. And she said, How long has it been derelict? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? And I said, I said, Oh no, Barbara. It's, I said, That's where I live. She goes, Oh, 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 yes, it looks it's very nice, you know. And I'm going, but it was because the house had been, I was working on all the systems and the structures of the house. Before I did the pretty stuff, I learned that lesson in my last house. Save the pretty stuff for. like yeah. you know, Eighteen years later, I finally painted the house and removed the asbestos yeah. siding and exposed the woodwork and. Yeah. You know, but at that well,
1: time. Well, I, I I sorry I interrupted you. No, please I, do. But I think you know, it's funny because this is turning into a whole conversation about the house, which uh, hopefully you guys listening are just kind of, we're putting you we're we're taking you there and putting you in a in a good space, but. Um, I just had friends come visit we, and I, Tom always has to be, if you come visit, you're going to meet Tom. Cause you know, it's, it's part of the tour, but when, love, they left, when they left, they're like, his house should be in world of interiors. It's just <laughs> so, you know, but it's to me again, it's those places it's like, and Tom and I always com- um, uh, compare, like, who are you following new on Instagram? And it's, we always like those people that kind of show their what they're doing to their, you know, fallen down house they've discovered. And, and that's to me, what makes any story interesting is it's, you don't just come into perfection. You come into stories, you come into layers, you come into history. Like we've been saying, and then it's just, how do you shepherd that forward?
0: I yeah. think that's a great way to put it. It is, it's sort of like, I, I never want to be that sort of an HGTV, like, uh, Oh, and here's my fabulous, you know, like some of my friends who know they can get away with it, go like, how's great gardens going? And I'm going <laughs> Like, excuse me, I got a paint job. Thank you very much. You know, it's not the porch is fixed. And uh, yeah,
1: I know. So you grew up, um, the son of of military dad, yeah. So you traveled yeah. a lot, a ton, yeah. yeah. So how do you think that kind of affected who you are today?
0: You know, I I, uh, I think it's one of those things where my uh, my later in life, my parents sort of regretted. It. They felt bad that we had to move because you know they grew up in a little uh, like the Norman Rockwell Midwestern town where everybody knew everyone from grade school till marriage till death you know Mm. so they I think there was a little bit of guilt there which was not necessarily they didn't need to be guilty because it's you know it's one of those things where when you that's all you know and and I and everyone reacts a little differently like for me when I was growing up it would be like I go like okay we're moving I going to be there for like a year or two at the most. I got I got to make this happen. I got to make friends, you know, you know as a kid you're going like I should be popular and yeah. I have to <laughs> and then and then it's like okay guys we're moving. We're moving to uh, South Carolina. Okay, bye bye Alabama, you know. Yeah. Um and so I think what it for me it was one of those things where I really I couldn't I couldn't hope that people would uh, uh, catch on, you know, like, the, yeah. like I had to it was make up it to happen. You. It was up to me to make friends. It was up to me to find fun things to do and to have a great time there and recognize there is a time limit mm. and, uh, and then move on.
1: That's really a fantastically admirable skill, I think. But, but you recognize that it's like, I got to do this or yeah. it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. And
1: I feel like, you know, I, Tom's the unofficial mayor of Bashan, and that's probably why. Because you don't meet a stranger, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I really,
1: that I, I never I, thought I, about it, but of course that would be a very good training ground.
0: Yeah, it it definitely was, and it was one of those things too where it was a it was a little there was a difficulty in it too because I had to now that I'm you know fabulously mature and totally evolved <laughs> um, it, it's not a problem. Same. But they, growing up and when I got older in my twenties and thirties, I think it was really. It was easy to make friends, and it was it was easy to not necess- but it was easily, it was easy to not take to it was easy to take them for granted because I always was able to just move on to the next, you know, yeah. so to speak, party, uh, mm. you know. So that was a real learning curve to to yeah. nurture friendships, to keep friendships. And there's one of them. There's one of them.
1: <laughs> but that's such a good point because I think I am not best at reach like if I had a nickel I use I sometimes tell people every time I have a conversation with someone in my mind that they don't know i'm actually having with them but but staying staying a good friend is a very good.
0: yeah trait. It, it is one of those and that's what's nice about the place we live too because. Um, you'll eventually see everybody on the island at least yeah. once within a year. It's
1: true. Post office or grocery <laughs> store. Exactly.
0: You can. You can. But that that was one of the the benefits of, of. You know, it's hard too. Like my brother probably had a very different experience. Right. My sister um, is shyer than I am, and it was hard for her. You know because. Um, you know, she, she's more thoughtful and pensive, you know, and I'm just like, hey, what's up, everybody? Let's get together and do something. you know.
1: But it's good because you, you've you kept your blog going. You've, yeah. you've kept, you, you know, you've created this space, which now other people are welcomed into, mm-hmm. not the main part, but the, well, you do welcome everybody. So tell me a little bit about your creative, what you would call your creative
0: pursuits. Oh yeah, you know, um, I kind of liken myself sort of to a crow, you know, sh- like shiny things. You know? <laughs> like, in fact, we have a we have a, a secondhand store here, a thrift shop that everyone goes to on the island called Granny's Attic, and I I just got the biggest kick out of this uh, like about a year ago. I was in there. And the mom and the these her young son, and I'm thinking like, oh, there's the Tommy, the Tommy prototype right there. And um he, he, she's going, honey, we have to go. And he goes, I know, mom, but can I get this? She goes, No, she, you already have enough stuff. We don't need to get anything. So they're sort of doing this negotiation. And then he finally, in exasperation, shrugs his shoulders down, holding this object and goes, but mom, it's shiny. <laughs> And I thought that's exactly me. Like, oh, it's shiny. Let's get it. Um, it, it was perfect. Um, I said, "God, I love this kid. I don't know who you are, but man, you're awesome." You just said it for you're everybody. Just, exactly. So, um, uh, so what inspires me? Like, I think, I think what's great is I learned it from from several friends along the way too. Like, I would look at I would look at what they do, and it was one of the first times you know when I was in my twenties where I'd look and I go. Oh, well, my friend, you know, Randy does that because it's fulfilling to him. He's not doing it so he can go look at what I'm doing. Mm. Like if, if you, I think sometimes if you're looking for things that are, are are supposed to be megaphones of who you are in a less than super, in a more mm. than superficial way, it, it's less gratifying. And so yeah. what I think you have to do is you really have to be true okay. to what you you um what really speaks to you and not something that like i always think things like when people are trying to do like it depends on what it is of course like if it's a business that totally is applicable but yeah. if it's in your personal life like stuff that are like trending like it's like no 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 right you don't, you don't need to do anything that's trending, <laughs> but you just need to do what what attracts your eye and your heart you know right and and things that maybe are reflective of who and what you are growing up. Like, I always loved that my mom baked. I love that my grandmother was a crazy good baker. And so one time one day, I just said, I want to make a good, you know, good pie. Mm -hmm. And I remember, vividly when I, because I took this embarrassing piece of slop to a potluck and I thought, how hard can it be to make a pineapple? Apparently it's hard. And so I worked, you know, years and years and years, (laughs) but, but I did, I just kept saying, I'm going to make a one day I'm going to have it. So I make a really good one. And, and, you know, now I can say that, but it wasn't like an immediate, I wasn't an overnight pie success. (laughs) But I took some classes and I, and I, you know, I had friends, I'd ask them what their secrets were. And now it's one of those things where that sort of gift of letting yourself learn something new gets to be a gift to other people. Like it's really so wonderful if you can surprise somebody with a pie or they look forward to it. Or when it's peach season, I have a friend of mine. She was so generous, she gave me her computer once because she, her company gave her a new one, and man, I needed one. Yeah. And it's sort of like our little uh, thing we do is like every year I make payment on that computer with a peach pie, you know, and we sit on my porch and have peach pie and I.
1: Well, you know, and that's how you were described to me too before I knew you, You, Tom, the pie guy. Oh,
0: good, not Tom, that wacko on the corner.
1: (laughs) If you've been around for a bit, you know how passionate I am about community and connection among creatives. Being in the creative industry myself for a long time and getting to know many different areas of it, I can personally speak to the challenges that go into building confidence as an artist, managing all the ideas, tasks, and projects as a creative, and feeling alone and isolated when much of your work is done solo. This is exactly why I teamed up with brand consultant Natalie of Studio Shepherd to bring you Relish Your Creativity.
2: Hey Margo, I'm so excited to finally have a space to facilitate and continue the real conversations that you have here on Windowsill Chats. Relish Your Creativity is a monthly creative community designed to help clarify your creative journey. Whether you're an artist, an illustrator, maker, or creative, this community bridges the gap between art, product, and a life fulfilled. It's made up of like-minded creatives who are ready to grow in their artistic endeavors as well as grow a profitable business. It really is.
1: We bring you monthly trainings where we deep dive into relevant topics. There's live group mentorship with myself and Natalie. There's a private Facebook group. We have great guest speakers, live chats, and a really caring community.
2: And we want to offer you a little taste of this membership. And so we wanted to invite anyone and everyone to join our free community chat that happens on Zoom the second Thursday of every single month. We call this free Zoom Relish Open Studio because it's a comfortable creative space where we can simply just come together.
1: To register, head over to relishyourcreativity.com backslash open studio. Or if you already know this membership is right for you, we would truly love to see you inside. If you have dreamt of having your artwork out in the world, that is our jam. The Relish Your Creativity community is waiting just for you. We have an event here for the Land Trust where it's pretty much a dinner you buy a ticket to and the proceeds go to the Land Trust, but everybody brings dessert. So there's this heavy laden, you know, perfect farm table kind of feel with all these pies on it, but I'm always looking for Tom's pie, <laughs> but you do, you have, you go usually to a dinner and that's one of the things I love about Vashon is it's one of those places where community is, it's just the best. And so you'll, several people pre COVID would come to dinner and Tom would always bring a pie and it, it's just the best. So
0: that's when you ask yourself, is it me or is it the pie? What are you, who are you inviting? <laughs>
1: well, you know, ha- I, I'll, I'll take both. I'll
0: take both. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he makes lots of other good things too. But just a little aside, you guys i've been bugging tom for as long as i've known him to record some pie making lessons first of all because just the look of this fabulous house how you do it and because you're such a good teacher and you're so generous so as an aside we're gonna have a windowsill workshop with tom making pies yes very shortly in august to be
0: precise we will expose the bs of pie making So many people give you a lot of BS about pie making. And, and they all say, oh, I've got the easiest recipe. It's not about an easy recipe, it's just about knowing the beat. You have to filter through all the crap that cookbooks tell you that really isn't true. And I trust me, I stand on this with firm feet that there there's there are a couple of things that you need to know that are that that are basically not the opposite of what they tell you. And and I'll prove it. I'll prove it.
1: Oh my you know? gosh. Yes. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be here in Tom's Kitchen Live, which I I have so much fun with you anyway it doesn't matter what we do we take field trips to nurseries okay so let's talk about your your We're, master gardener-ish
0: oh mess. yeah yeah
1: you're I like I describe you as a botanist it might not be actually official but I, you are you know more about plants than anybody else I, I know love it.
0: so that was something I always had as a kid when we when I was really young we lived in Japan and um our family we lived like they used to call it you know we, used, we lived on the economy when we weren't living in an air force base mm. and we had there was a gardener and I was like totally on it, he and I were like, you know, oh cool, inseparable, and and I would help him garden, you know. So it was something I just always liked to do. You know, when we lived in South Carolina, my favorite thing is when they they get bedding plants at the AMP, and I get to go. My and my mom and dad were great. They'd always, even though we moved, they'd we would they'd say, "What, where do you want to grow a garden?" And I would create a plot somewhere. I grow wow. tomatoes. or do. So um, yeah, it's, so you've
1: always that's always, always been a passion. It.
0: Yeah. I've always done it. I've always loved to do it. And um,
1: you're like the mobile plant app. You just show Tom <laughs> any leaf or any, anything, and he knows.
0: <laughs> and that's, you know, and what's funny is that's sort of another thing about like, you know, as we learn, as we grow, you know, like um, I'm 60. So I'm 65, but I do look 64. <laughs> I just want you to know. <laughs> not but a day, over not 62. a day over 64. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, I, I think I remember like even in my 20s or 30s, I said, you know, I, I really want to know more About plants, like I know a lot, but I want to know like uh, uh, Latin names if it applies, or I want to know. And so I just would sort of make a little bit more of a concerted effort, and that vector of change Mm. of just making you know giving ten or twenty or thirty percent more of your time in a subject, you learn a lot. And then you know when you're a geezer like I am, you're like, oh man, I know, I know everything. (laughs) (laughs)
1: well it's pretty gorgeous here too and and you have a greenhouse you grow or have grown for a local um flower shop
0: weddings and
1: and weddings and dahlias are a specialty Mm -hmm. what would you say what are some of your favorite oh well and your all your fruit trees what are your what are some of your floral passions or
0: oh yeah floral i have you know um just like you know everyone had i think wrote you know everyone top top their list a lot of times are roses but the roses i like aren't necessarily um what's um, a standard or traditional rose i tend to like roses that um are, are more of a gangly uh a gangly presence in your mm-hmm. garden and not like a, a well-trimmed bush you know mm-hmm. like i have one right by my back door right now blooming that i just adore called it's a climber called compassion and it, it has like the my favorite four things it's a great cutting flower it has fragrance it's disease resistant. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a beautiful flower. It has all those things, and um, that's just a you know. Uh, but and then I have another one called Eddie's Jewel, which is basically you're planting a dinosaur. Like this thing is wonderfully wild in a beautiful, dare I say, cult uh, cultivated way. And, mm. It um, it has these giant uh, like teacup saucer size single red blooms. It only blooms once a year, but when it does. It's like a mass of red and it's a great, you know, centerpiece. It's this huge thing that you put it somewhere where you don't get it near your house, you know? And so I like those things. And there's like, there's one right behind the rose. We're looking out the window. It's just a simple nutka rose. It's a native rose. It's super delicate, light pink, five petals. It doesn't last long, but it's really soft and beautiful. And then it gets beautiful uh, rose hips in the fall. Uh Uh, so I really like that. I have like old roses I like, like um, uh, uh, Alchemist and um, some other ones that, again, they're just like one-time bloomers, but they're just big old bonf-de-bonf roses.
1: Bonf-de-bonf. Bonf, yeah,
0: and I love, um, you know, I love wisteria. You know, I have a lot of that growing that I'm growing on things and uh, the secret to westeria is you just plant somewhere where you can reach it, you know, it won't tear down things if you can reach it, <laughs> so I always make it so it's about arms level or a step yeah. stool, but if you put it up on your roof or in one of those arbors you'll never control it. Can't get there. Yeah, but um, I like. Uh... <laughs> but yeah so so roses and I love um, dahlias are, are awesome I love I grow citrus in my greenhouse in this climate which do pretty well they're hardy citrus. That are good um, that are that are fun to grow I grow peaches in my greenhouse mm. because our climate isn't uh, conducive to and without spraying and outdoor uh, outdoor peach trees. Yeah, um,
1: but you can just tell by talking to them or by hearing you talk sorry uh-huh. how much you know and how passionate you are about it. Oh, I, I love just it. love hearing you talk about these things because I learned something every time. And I'm looking out the window. I'll post some pictures when this episode drops, but yeah, it's just, it's gorgeous. And I really appreciate what I've learned from you. And we, okay. when we go to, we go to this one amazing okay. nursery up in Skagit Valley up north called Christensen's, that is just, it's been there.
0: We're like, we're like giddy, giddy school girls meeting the Beatles. Oh, my, like, God. oh my
1: God. We're <laughs> <laughs> But we always bring home, like how oh, many dogwood trees have I transported
0: how, for you? <laughs> you are a goddess. I know. I thought, I wish I could get these, and and uh, this is, again, another reason to love Margo of many, is like she never says no and she doesn't like pause. She goes, well, I'm sure we'll fit in there. Mm-hmm. And so I got four dogwoods, it, it bald burlap, relatively large dogwoods that we fit in her car in the hatchback. We made it work.
1: We did. And there was that one time when we were in Port Townsend and you're like, can you just stop by? And I literally, <laughs> I don't know why I had no
0: room in my car,
1: but literally, <laughs> We fit it in.
0: You did. Oh, I I bought a I bought an apple, a uh, special oh, uh, set of apple trees from this uh r- really small grower in Port Townsend, Washington. And um I and I had to go get them and I thought, oh wait, Marco is enjoying a little couple days off um over there. So I just texted uh, texted her and she said, oh yeah I can pick it up no problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one more thin mint. <laughs> yeah
0: one more thin mint.
1: But you know growing up in Northern California where I grew up um my mom had a Dear um older friend, that was that was like her mom's age, and they used to. Uh, that's where I was kind of exposed to these small growers, because mm-hmm. and a lot of them were rhododendron. I remember, and and Catherine Hinman would take my mom, and they would go on these excursions down these driveways. You know, I, I could. It was in the old days where you'd have to, you know, call the I don't know Chamber of Commerce of the town and find out who was growing what and she had these connections and knew and we'd go to these rhododendron growers or these whatever growers and and they specialized in that thing and they knew so much about it and i just remember thinking who are these people this is fascinating uh, i never had thought about that before
0: yeah and and there are a lot of people, like some people are you know like you'll go there and like oh i'm a peony guy or yeah. i'm a uh you know echinacea is my specialty or yeah
1: and now i think with um, social media and, and people that are really, I don't know, leaning into that, should we say, um, as being the floral person Uh or this, and I love it. That's another thing that Tom's good for. I was like, okay, so tell me really who I should <laughs> yeah. buy my Dahlia bulbs from. <laughs> <Yes>, exactly.
0: <laughs> Step away from Instagram. Do not go there. Yeah. And, and there's also there, the, I think, I think too, like, you know, one of the things that, that I like about Margo, like, I think you don't, Margo is one of the most real people I know. And, and, uh, which is really great because I think a lot of people posture themselves. You know, they, they sort of they're creating like some sort of weirdo brand. They have to have a, they're branding themselves, and and I think what's really nice is when you're just who you are, mm. and people are gra- they gravitate toward that, which is which is is certainly how you are, <laughs> and um, but it is that is funny because um, uh, oh god, what was the question, <laughs> yeah, <Grandpa>. <laughs> See, <laughs> Where we I'm going? not that together, kids. Let me tell you.
1: But I want to circle back to yeah. um, you know, I I think a lot of people listening. Our artists certainly are working hard on having their own creative moments, whatever that might be, you know, time in a studio or time in the garden, you know, creativity to me has no boundaries. It's mm-hmm. not like we need to pick one thing. So what are some of the ways that you found to to make that work?
0: Oh, sure, sure. You know, I. Um... And uh, in 2009, I, I lost my job. I'm not sure. I still sort of call it the lost, lost years and lost job. I'm not quite sure what happened, but it was that time where everyone was getting the ax. And I was like, I'm sitting there on unemployment going like, how, no, way! how did this, I'm so confused. I was, yeah. I was commuting a while and now I'm not, and I'm home all the time. And, and it was, it, and I, I looked for a job for, for, you know, two solid years. I thought I must be the most unemployable man on (laughs) the planet. I was taking it personally, but again, you know, there's also the age at which I was, I was, and, and, and you're, you're sending in resumes where your graduation date from college people, 20 years later were being born. You know, it was like, so.
1: The people looking at your resume. (laughs) resume
0: Like, Oh, did you know Daniel Boone? (laughs) 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 Hey buddy. That's my bulldog. Mr. Buddy. He's he wants, that's obviously give me a treat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so then it was really funny. Like after like, you know, two solid years of looking for jobs that were like uh far from making me enthusiastic. <laughs> and um and uh but but again, I but they didn't matter because I didn't get them. And so <laughs> um and then you have to sort of do a little soul searching. And I thought, you know, why did you move to that? I really it's sort of weird. It was like a little switch for me. Like I said. You know, okay. Th- when things aren't working, you know, stop and figure figure out. There's a reason there. You know, I don't. I want to. I, I don't know. There's just the reason it's not working. And whether yeah. you're it's your vibe, who knows? Um, and so I thought, you know, I need to make my life work here on yeah. my island. I don't want to commute to Bellevue or Seattle. I don't want to take a van pool. I don't want to, you know, two hour commute. I said I'm going to try to make my life work here. So I tried. I tried to do that. And I started off like basically cobbling my life together um, and cobbling income. And so of course I had income from, uh, seasonally from the greenhouse that I I was uh, doing that. I taught pie classes, so that was a a nice source of income. Mm -hmm. Um, I would make pies for people, that was a source of income. But again, you're also, uh, um, I had the luxury, I didn't have a lot of money, but I had a little bit of stock from um because i always think it's important to tell that part of the story also people like and then magically i had a kingdom of 40 (laughs) 40 airbnbs and i I, I wintered in Monaco. It was fabulous. No, that's not what happened. I was struggling big time, you yeah. know, and um, I was just worried, like, how am I gonna make this out? I have to make a house payment. I have to make a house payment. Yeah. And, um and so, um and, and so I was, I was siphoning off, like I had a little, a uh, little bit of a stock portfolio in those years, like in the 2000s, when everybody bought stock. And, right. and so, and I was living, I was supplementing my income on that. And, and I was running, almost running out, you know, yeah. and um and then my nephew, it was funny, he goes, why don't you do an Airbnb in that little cabin? I go, oh, it's pretty sparse. And he goes, oh, I bet people would love it. So it was kind of, he came, when he came to visit me and we took out the, the uh, there was a hot tub in it. It was like just a bad 70s that like bang, back a wong, wong, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like you walked in the door and you're going like, ooh, this is, you know. <laughs>
1: well, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs>
0: Um, so we took out the pink jacuzzi, and um, and the, the 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 structure itself is beautiful. It's a lovely little uh, bat board and bat and structured with a ton of windows. The and what
1: are, it's like eight by. Uh, yeah, ten
0: by ten, 10 by, by, 20 by twenty. Yeah, I think ten ish, by 20. Twenty-two. Yeah, and so. But um, it
1: has kind of a romantic history, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does
0: because the the couple that lived here at the time. They, uh, she had inherited just a little bit of money, and um, which my mom was always funny. She goes, and that's what they did with it because, like, my house needed so much. stuff, <laughs> But she, uh, they built a little, a little, uh, the little bathhouse, and it was like the sort of a little romantic getaway. Well, you know, that lasted for a while, and then it it ended up becoming uh, where he would, uh, the husband would uh, teach music lessons, uh-huh. and because it, it's it's really pretty. They they had a, an island carpenter make a beautiful little building and put and she couldn't decide on which windows to put in he's and she goes I wish I could put them all in and he said you can put them all in and so he put all of them in and there's like a whole wall of windows yes
1: you can see that I'll again post those pictures but the, again a lot of my website pictures were taken here in front of a lot of those windows yeah
0: yeah it was really a that was a fun day so um so what was great about the Airbnb And this is sort of in in keeping to like your creative process. Yeah, it's like if you if you do stuff with meat that's meaningful to you. Like, if I did the, there's no way I could do the Airbnb and just sort of be an absentee um, like uh, person who's just like I'm I'm sitting here ready to count my money. You know, I I I need to make it like I want to share the place. I want to make the 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 Airbnb as lovely as i can i want to sort of make it like it's like a little you know there's a little bit of an art statement to it like right. everything in there i love and everything like i don't have like uh you know i, I the blankets are old quilts the mm-hmm. you know the oh. rugs are oriental rugs i had. the there's a chandelier in the middle you know it's a little you know it's a little over the top but not that over the top
1: it's you know? one wonderful room with uh just a little well it's not wood burning but a, a little. Stove.
0: No, I changed out the wood stove because people are not very good with those. <laughs> no,
1: he didn't want to burn it down. A really great old sink, a super comfortable chair, all these windows. It is like seriously, I live here and I would, if I needed a retreat to do something, I would come here. It's just yeah. the most magical
0: spot. Huh? Oh, thanks. I, and I ended up, it was funny because then the woman who built it, her nickname was Gemma. And so I named it Little Gemma. And in honor of her, because she was the one who, who had the sort of the vision for it. And, um, and so then, but that's one of those things where you, you take your creativity and, you know, I think that's one of the best things about fulfillment is if you're doing something not as a, like, how am I, how am I going to make money? Mm -hmm. But sure, that can be part of the, the equation, but how am I going to make money and really enjoy it? And so that's the fun part of that place. And, and that if somebody's if somebody's staying there you know, that I enjoy them being here, that I'm not like shunning them and acting like, you know what I mean? It's right. like, we, we don't need to go have coffee. You know, you it's not a matter of like insinuating yourself on them, but right. if you're gonna do this, you have to have an innate uh, innate need or nature of, of being welcoming, you know? Right. And so that's part of the fun part and and putting the art in it. And, you know, you find these old linen tablecloths that you use for the curtains and oars that you use for coat hooks. And
1: it's really fun. It's really fun. I love I love that you found ways to do what speaks to you, because in in a in a happy accident, you know, what speaks to you Mm -hmm. is a gift to a lot of other people, too.
0: That's that's it. one of the best parts of it is like, I, I, it really is a wonderful reflection too about, it makes, I, I don't ever, I, I totally appreciate being here, but what's really nice is like, I'm going, like people are practically, you know, peeing in their pants because they fed a chicken and you're going like, Okay, you can feed them all the time <laughs> when you know it's really the things that they don't get to do are delightful to them. Right. And, and I take for granted it's a daily chore or right. something, or or I'll give them, I'll bring them flowers from the greenhouse and they'll, you know, and they no one's ever given me flowers. You can realize that that people's lives can be touched by so many small things. Right. And even on a non-business level or just in your own personal life, it's just it's just, you know, things as simple as a thank you or an acknowledgement or uh, just a, a sweet gift, like the little girls across the street who are, uh, you know, this little gang of three that are like sort of my, my gardening pals. They'll come over and yesterday they brought me garlic scapes, which is Aww. nice, but you know, and, and the one was going, well, there's, they're not, they, 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 she, the one was worried that I wouldn't like them because they stink. I go, no, I'm going to cook with them, you know? And, yeah. But it was, uh, it's just that thing that somebody took the time to do that. Think of you, share. It really
1: is. And I think that gets, I don't know, probably generationally people have said this, but I feel like that's sort of a lost art Mm -hmm. and it's not hard and you don't even have to be seen, see or be seen. No. You can leave and send a note or leave a little something or there's a lot of ways to to make people feel better.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, it, it really is. It's, it's it's I think in the day, the t- time in which we live, it's really important. Like there was this movie, like as an example that that I just love. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a French film. It's called My Father's Glory, hmm. and there's another one called a sequel called My Mother's Castle. And those oh. are probably two of my favorite. They're they're side, but they're a, like I said, there's there's a sequel. And it's this little boy. It's a director's recollection of his childhood. In France at the turn of the century, so it's before the world mm. hit World War II. It's mm. it's when the world was still innocent. And what I loved about the movie is when you're watching it, there's never any point where anyone's particularly cruel or mean. It's mm. like like if somebody crosses somebody, they basically talk to each other. And there's, it's sort of to me very apparent. I don't know if it is other people, but I love that sort of approach where you talk to somebody. You you don't already have an opinion and bark at them and right. and um, and I think that that's one of the things that we have to do. If I can get on a little bit of a soapbox, please, is is you have to always give people sort of the the luxury of airing on the on the side of uh, we don't know their story, we don't know what's going on. It's just airing, but human being human and kind, and it's not that hard, you know. No. I
1: you know, I think about this a lot because it, it, it's just all sorts of stuff has been. We're in some crazy places in the world that we didn't expect would be. And I think to give the grace of listening Mm -hmm. and understanding you never know somebody's story um, or why they might feel a certain way. And certainly we need to stand for our own values strongly, but I think it's so important to listen along the way and give, give room to understand what that looks like and be
0: kind. It's true, and I think um, you'll probably, I'm sure you'll agree, that living on an island, it's a real, uh, you, it's a real, uh, uh, again, another reflection or mirror, because because the person you're screaming at and shaking your fist at is, oh, that's Mrs. Medesky down the street, and she has <laughs> bad hearing and sight, and she really shouldn't be driving, you know? Yeah. It's like, you have, you have a connection to that person, yeah. and I think if we almost even approach it, like, I don't know them, but what if that was, like, my aunt or somebody, right. or what if that was... Right you know, my neighbor's kid who's just a goofball, you know, or, right. uh, so yeah, anyway, I digress.
1: That's a good, I, I love that. Well, we could talk forever. Thank you all for listening to our, our ramblings, but I,
0: I know we haven't seen each other in so long. <laughs> and so we're like, we're like I feel like, if catch you're like up. Oh God, these two are you serious? But
1: <laughs> one of the, one of the things that Tom is rarely seen without is buddy, the bulldog. So tell me what it means to embrace the beauty of the
0: bulldog. That beauty of the bulldog. I know I, I jokingly say that's one of the yeah, I love the I embrace the it's beauty of the picture. bulldog. Because you know, it's really great because a buddy can be uh a, a total uh a barometer of if you should know somebody or not. Because like the people that come up to you and say, like, it's really f- amazing how many people say that's the ugliest dog I've ever seen. And um, I'm thinking like, okay, <laughs> what do I say to that? <laughs> That's what Buddy says about you. <laughs> um, um, but he's the most charming and wonderful and cute and adorable. He's he's really like having a little bossy old man um, that I, I'm basically his grunt for, like he's like barks, feed me, dig <clears throat> me in a walk, pet <laughs> he's me. He's the best.
1: So on Vashon Island, we have um, something called the Strawberry Festival because in, in the day Vashon was, the premier of grower of strawberries i think yeah, in the, the us on yeah, the west coast west, yeah no not now but US, yeah. but in the f- 30s
0: 40s yeah because um uh, uh, one of the farmers uh, mr Mukai, he's i think he patented a way to sugar and preserve strawberries in barrels and they actually had railroad cars that they would barge over and fill with straw barrels of strawberries and send them east Oh, Crazy. my gosh. Yeah. I love
1: that. So see, there's Tom in his history. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Stick um, to the point. <laughs> no, that, that is the point. So every year, uh, Vashon has no specific city council or anything like that. But we do vote for a mayor every year right around Strawberry Festival. So finally, Buddy is running for mayor.
0: He is. He's going to be the representative for Vashon Island Pet Protectors, which is this great. We don't have a an animal control here and it's not really an animal control that they do they're basically people who care about animals and take care big of big hearted people big hearted get ado- people they take care of uh, wounded or injured animals they uh they uh, have a whole adoption basically an adoption agency for pets on the island
1: so the cool thing about how you get elected for mayor is people vote with their money and all those votes go to support whatever um Entity it is that Buddy yeah. is running for, or whoever is running for. So vote for Buddy. That's right. Um, so before I wrap up, I want to know if you have a favorite story about this place that we haven't heard
0: yet. Oh. Um, uh,
1: I know that's out of left field. No, no, no. You no, have there's, so there's, many there, good there, stories. There are. There,
0: are, there, are, there are, Oh yeah, I do. I do. This one is so. This is so indicative. There's. There's two, and the one's really brief. One. The one. Was Bring it on. When I had the phone installed when I first moved in. And um, there's a, my kitchen is painted this sort of odd color. Um, it's not a favorite of mine, but I have yet to repaint it because I'm not doing it until I redo the kitchen. <laughs> I refuse to paint over it. Um, and uh, when uh, the uh, the guy installed my phone, he goes, "Oh my god, this house hasn't changed much at all." And I go, "What? You you installed the phone before?" He goes, "Yeah." it's was like, well, "I would barely been on the job," and that was like in '83, and I bought it in 2004. I go, "Dang." He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "It's really funny." um two women were having coffee in the little nook and uh the one woman said to the other woman she goes oh my god won't you be glad when you can get this ghastly color uh, repainted in the kitchen and she said oh no I just had it painted <laughs> so it's kind but- of it's
1: kind of milky raspberry
0: yeah it's sort of yeah that's nice i call it mortuary mob it's the <laughs> it's the color of your lips get when they're too cold swimming in the in puget sound but then the but the other funny story is a friends of mine uh that are british were they, they were that were my neighbors and were really good friends their parents were visiting from great britain and uh uh are from uh, from england and uh his uh uh, dom's Dom's dad is looking around the house and stuff and i'm saying now i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and oh in this area i'm going to do this and oh over here i'm going to do this and i'm going to do this and that is where he's he's a banker so he's super you know you know quintessential english banker sort of what stereotype and and when i'm through going on about all my plans for this place he he goes i do say tom how long do you plan on living <laughs> And that kind of is like, oh, yeah, that puts a perspective on it, it doesn't. I, I'm not going to do the math on that, on the timelines for those projects.
1: Oh, my gosh. But the, again, I, I hope you all realize that, you know, it's one of those places, and Tom's one of those people that there will always be a project for all of us, right? But to to kind of make it, to to wrap it into something that you wake up and think, okay, I have a project, but look where I live and yeah. look who I get to to talk to today and look what my project is, mm-hmm. you know,
0: that's pretty awesome. And and if I can, you know, I might want to add one thing to that, that I think uh, is a, is a, is a, a good piece of advice. If I can act like a sage now, um, is when I was looking at houses and um and I felt like things would fall through or, you know, and they people so something better is going to come along and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, and then look at something else and it'd fall through. And then this house came up and it's one of those things where in sort of in, again, making a big life philosophy, but things that you don't think you can get. Like it was more than I could afford. And the place had a lot of problems, which was why it was still on the market. Mm. And I thought, you know what? Well, i going to, t- I wasn't going to take a chance on that. It's one of those things where take a chance, take a chance. Yeah. What do you have to lose? And those times where you go like, take a chance. It really yeah. can pay off. And I wrote a letter, you know, again, I was really fortunate. The people, I wrote them a letter about, I showed them pictures of my old house, but I wanted to do this house that really spoke to them. I said, uh, this is what I can afford. And then they came back and they said, well, this is what we need to get. And, and I was really lucky because it was a time when a bank would give you any amount of money you ask for in the right. old days. And so they, I was able to take on the responsibility mm-hmm. of the place and, and we came up with a, But I wasn't going to do that. But then mm-hmm. what happened is they needed to have the house closed within a week so they could buy the house they were going to buy so it was the timing was right so you never know what's going on behind the scenes with things you're thinking you can't do or won't do right throw it out there put it out there
1: oh that is really good advice you never know unless you try
0: yeah I didn't think I'd get it but it did
1: oh sure glad yeah who's inspiring you these days
0: oh you know well besides you of course um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah pay it's, no, it's so true um you know there, there are quite a few that there's um you know what I like what the type of people that inspire me are like people who just just do it you know like and, and not in a like what they're doing is they're they are sort of they find things that interest them and then they pursue they pursue it like um uh, one of my friends I talked to about Jean Flynn uh Jean has a, a business in I think it's called Prairie Girl Interiors or something she used to live in Seattle I knew her without knowing her when she opened up Western Cafe, which was Mm. in the 80s. And funny, we met each other again. And then uh, she just opened up a Sunday like she wanted to have a Sunday market uh, in her little town of Columbia Falls, and uh, she got it together. And so and what's happening is she has all these people that didn't have an outlet for their creativity, and now they do. And they're doing really interesting things. Like she makes little hand pies. That's sort of how we connected. We're pie people. So she makes hand pies. Um, and then there's another guy who goes, "Oh, I really uh, love to make gelato," and so he made a gelato cart and he's selling gelato. So it's sort of again like you have an idea and you go like, yeah, "Let's give it a shot." And and she's created something that not only feeds her but feeds the whole community. It's I allowing other
1: people to try and do and bring their own passions. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I really I love that um, uh, in her. Um, She's really great. You know, I like on my neighbor Kurt. I Kurt, I knew Kurt when his place was on, um, and I could say this unapologetically, and he will agree. It was a complete and utter dump. Mm-hmm. It was like he took every every amount of resource he had to buy. This ten-acre farm that was um, from the Beale Greenhouses. that was basically just a, a literally a, a dump. A, a dump. They were the farm dumped all their stuff. He was living in the chicken coop, and now he has one of the most beautiful places on the island where yeah. he restored a 1880s uh, log cabin. He built a cookhouse. I mean, uh, uh, you know, he's written some books. He has these amazing classes. He he took something, and I mean, but he worked. But here's a, here's a great thing that what Kurt always inspired me when he did it was Kurt is one of the most uncanny people at seeing change. Like mm. I, you know, I would beat the horse until it was beyond dead skeletal and, you know, to become compost, <laughs> but he sees like this ain't working. We're ah. moving on to this. Like ah. I remember when he was selling little tomato plants at Ace Hardware, I thought, God, that's not going to make a house payment. You know, he just kept yeah. and he finally started making cheese and then he started yeah. having these uh, dinners at his place. And, yeah. and he always sort of upped the game with what he learned mm. and and saw other possibilities so i
1: love that too because people like that i mean we're all built differently right so mm-hmm. to get a to have the influxes of things like you've been talking to, to us about and kurt and people people like oh wow look it, it just inspires right mm-hmm. it inspires potentially that next decision
0: yeah it really does and are you looking at people that that will tell you that you know you look and see like you see somebody like that your friends pie and mighty we become friends you know yeah. on instagram but I, I still feel like we're less best buds. and they and they're in minneapolis and i love how they um the, the sort of the joy of pie you know they yeah. love it and so i'm inspired by that you know and and, yeah. and and they get everybody on board with what they're doing and you feel like you're 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 kind of uh you're talking to a family member a friend not yeah. a not a business right you know oh
1: i love that Oh thanks tom thanks for having me over yet again and sharing you and this spot and your passions and buddy and little Gemma and all oh, the layers.
0: Oh my gosh. It's, it's so fun. I just, you know, um, you guys, we apologize for being so gushy, but <laughs> you know, it's really funny when you really enjoy somebody's company so much, it's like, oh yeah, maybe we should make this like an eight hour podcast. <laughs> people would be so interested interested. yeah (laughs) whatever tom
1: Uh, (laughs) well august what'd i say it's the last it's the 27th or something the the last weekend of august tom will be on windowsill workshops doing pie right yeah i'll
0: show you how to make a really good how to make pie crust it's it really isn't that big of a deal it's I think what that it stops a lot of people it really does raising and, my hand and and pretty much all you have to remember is it's just a lot of little things that add up to the the end It's a some of its parts and and again i really it's not like i'm blowing you smoke it's not that hard and i'll show you why
1: august 27th <laughs> thanks my dear friend i i adore you and i am so glad that i know you back at you Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.